You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, hello, a very warm welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech Podcast, where every week we bring you everything that is fun, exciting, and innovative in the digital procurement space. And on the ProcureTech Podcast, one thing that I'm really proud of, actually, is that we often make an effort to speak to some of the more early stage companies that are operating in this space. And you don't get much more early stage than just launched. So my guest today is going to talk a little bit about uh, how a low-code slash no-code approach uh, can be often a really fast and much more agile way to get to where you need to get to uh, without investing millions of dollars into technology development. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome my guest, Patrick Jonsson from DigiProcure, who have put together a guided category strategy creation tool with, as I said, pretty much low-code applications. So Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. I'm a huge fan of your show. So thanks. It's great to be on. It's an absolute pleasure. And I'm really intrigued, actually, to to hear your story around this whole low-code, no-code thing. So maybe let's start there. Just give a quick intro of your background and uh, and what then, because as I understand it, you're not from a tech background either. So just walk us through how you got to, to being in this space and stumbling on developing this from a low-code, no-code basis. Yes, thank you. So, so well, myself, I'm I'm Swedish. I'm from the Swedish woods, and I have I've had a bit of an international an international career. Gone through uh, Bedford and Philadelphia and South America, and then I ended up in Denmark and never had a real job in Sweden. Uh, the bulk of my career was kind of um, digital procurement in uh, complex organizational setups. So a lot of stakeholder management, getting different cultures to agree. And then about three years ago, I uh, I was part of a turnaround and then selling a company. And then I went into, into consulting. And I, I enjoyed that. But a year ago, I decided that, okay, now now I this digital procurement space, uh, I have an idea here and I want to go for it. And these low-code, no-code platforms, they seem really interesting. So I, I kind of went for a bootstrap approach, I, I think you call it, where, where you don't really need to spend a lot of money. I created a minimum viable product in in Power Apps, which was my first solution. And it cost me, you know, maybe $2,000 to create that. Uh, and I quickly got the first customer who, who got hooked on this. Um, and there were both ups and downs in, in the delivery. And then we came out with, with, a, with a good solution. And the solution is a category, it helps with guided category strategy creation. So it helps you to make category strategies um, and simplicity is really our keyword here. We're huge believers of Pareto, that 20% of the input provides 80% of the output. So it's a very, very simple tool in that way. 
Uh, and the idea is that it helps you to get started with making category strategies. And through this low-code, no-code platform, we can always year on year add functionality, add complexity uh, as an organization matures. Uh, so that was kind of the background, the starting point. And when I demo this, sometimes I get, you know, the people say, oh, that's that's very simple. And and that could be that they really like it. It's simple. And then others think, yeah, that's actually what we need because we're not mature enough. But but they also kind of would want more. So so that's 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 the background, I guess. Yeah. And and I guess any SaaS application is always going to be in that conundrum, aren't they? I mean, if you look at the complexity around some e-sourcing tools, for example, but they're so difficult to use that then they just really struggle with user adoption. And then you look at something that's much more simplistic and has stripped a few features out, but but looks much more user friendly from a from a front end perspective. And it's it's always there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. It really depends. And I think you hit on it perfectly around organizational maturity, uh, openness to change, tech savviness of the team, amount of resource that's that's available. So talk to me a little bit more. You mentioned maturity and complexity. Where do you then see your sweet spot in terms of who would typically go for this or be interested? Is it just large enterprises that want to that, that want to cast the net wider on their category strategies and and incorporate some categories that may otherwise be considered as tailspend or or are you seeing more sort of interest in your sales and marketing activity among sort of small or medium sized businesses i th- i think medium size and up and i would say that the answer is more it lies in as you said towards the maturity in my experience many organizations still struggle with actually you know, you make you get some consultants in, and you make category strategies that are thirty to sixty pages long, uh, and then they get up, they end up on the shelf, and kind of follow up and implementation might be difficult or is not done. And then three years later, a new CEO comes in and says to the CPO, "Hey, should we make some category strategies?" Uh, and then you get some consultants in, and then you start the whole thing over again. And so, I think the answer is in the maturity that. If I'm going for kind of a maturity level two out of a, up to four, where four is fully fledged kind of digital procurement and one is more just buying product, two is, is more uh, you're starting to dabble with strategic um, sourcing and a little bit category management. That's kind of the maturity level that I, I would go in for. So, so it's the maturity and you need to have a certain size. You need to have maybe three or four category managers and, and, and you know, a certain turnover before it makes sense to, to do this. And the idea is, you know, you start with a flow, do the as-is analysis, the 2B, you identify some barriers, you do a, an assessment of your category, uh, and then you get some simple uh, input back from the system. And then you can act on that and follow up. So start simple, and then the next year, you can build on it. So, so it's more the maturity. And I think too many organizations should allow themselves to, to start more simple and then build on it. Yeah. So that makes sense. So we're obviously then not looking at Greenfield because they wouldn't have anything in place. But at the same time, you know, the large enterprise companies would would probably want to go down the route that you mentioned of having very detailed strategies. And we can argue against the pros and cons of that approach. But to paraphrase you then, I guess they would, an organization would need to have some resource that's focusing more on the strategic side, but had pro- have probably not dabbled in doing 
category strategies before because that's really, I guess, where you can get a quick win through using a tool that's that's more agile and more simplistic and that is easy to use to to get to that point without without investing too many people hours into into the process. I agree with that, and you can go you can go more complicated. I mean, you can go complex, no problem. And when we talk to customers, some some have a category strategy template already. Then we go through that and we we look at what we should incorporate in the system and what should just be attached to a category strategy as you know in the listing, because everything you put into a category flow, you can then do reporting on and you can follow up on in another in in a different way. So and, and the good thing here is that this low code no code actually allows you. To do that, you can you can adapt it to you can use a standard configuration and then you can adjust it to the individual customer's needs and particularities in a way that you know a standard SaaS solution it might be a bit more difficult. Another positive thing with this new low code low code environment is that you get a confirmation. It's kind of a an in between make or buy decision. So you buy a configuration, you put it into their environment, and then you adjust it. And it also means the price points becomes completely different from a SaaS solution. So the, the entry barrier to kind of try something like this is much, much lower. And long term, I mean, the, the cost uh, or the investment versus the output is, uh, is different compared to a SaaS solution. So, and, and you can see some of the big ones, you know, SAP, Coupa, they're creating these absolute store solutions inside their own platform, right? But there are right. there are already there are you know Google and Microsoft and many others have those already right so so uh, our approach is to try that out and then we'll see I'm, I don't think we'll ever come to a SaaS solution our kind of vision is to if somebody contacts us and say we want to develop our category strategies we could you know we would have a huge repository of everything you can do within it within that and very very click, quickly adjust and help you uh, based on that kind of repository that we we would have. And and I guess it's probably by design, but the fact that you've decided to do this for category strategies, it's one of the few areas of procurement tech that in no way requires an integration with an existing ERP system, is it? Because it's a it's an activity that doesn't I mean, you might need to pull data out of ERP to put into a category strategy or to enhance a category strategy document, the most obvious one being spend and and supplier data. But you can very easily have this as a standalone piece of technology without the necessity to integrate it into into any existing tech stack, which I guess then speaks to the the, the simplicity approach of the low-code, no-code. Yeah, exactly. That's, that is... I think there's maybe two kind of reasons or three reasons maybe why we choose this. I, I, I'm a passionate about category management and strategy work. So that would be one reason why we choose this. Uh, the other, I think, is what you just said there, that it can be very much standalone. You don't need to have massive integrations. It's strategic. When you talk about tactical and operational parts, that's where you need more integration. This can be much, much, uh, yeah, this can be much more standalone. So those would be kind of, Two big reasons for this, and then the third reason why why I kind of chose to do this is because I think it's a good place to start. If you, as many companies today, want to really become, you know, mature their digital, enhance their digital uh, procurement maturity, go further there, then 
the struggle is often that you 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 struggle to go from operational work to tactical and strategic work. Well, why not you know start with simply doing a category strategy so you're working strategically and doing that in a digital format and get everybody to speak the same language and then that could be your starting point for uh, for your digital procurement maturity journey kind of thing that those that's the way i reasoned around it i guess yeah so if i play devil's advocate let's say let's say i'm a head head of procurement in a medium sized business and i've maybe got a team of five or six category managers sat underneath me and my team. The biggest pushback that I'm going to give you is that category strategies just take too much time. It's a tick in the box exercise. It's really administrative. It it takes forever to put together because everyone's data is so poor. Convince me that I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I, I can completely see where you're coming from there. And that's actually what we're trying to attack here. Again, this Pareto 80-20. So, so I would say, you know, if you don't work with any kind of strategic strategy or strategically at all, you don't know where you're going, right? So, so you um, to work strategically, I think it's relatively easy to to make the argument that sometimes you need to step back and think about what you you know where are you going and how do you really create value. But then, if and when you do that, again, I would you know I completely agree with you that there could be massive work with this, um, and you should consider. You know, do I build a huge foundation with regards to spend overview, or or do I start with you know a simple SWOT analysis, uh, some Porter's Five Forces, or just just some basic questions? Where do we want to go? Vision, mission. Just start somewhere, uh, or or and use a tool like ours uh, and d- dumb it down to very very simple parts, and then you will have the category manager say, "Oh, wow, actually." Uh, this this was good. When I've done with previous category managers, to me, when I've gone on up on a whiteboard and said, "Okay, where are you within this category? Where, where do you want to go? Where are your barriers? Uh, and what is your plan to reach where you want to go?" They always, after such a coaching session, say, "Wow, this was good," <laughs> you know, uh, because they realized uh, a, a way forward. So I think again, simplicity uh, and start simple, especially in an organization like that where you would have a lot of firefighting and you know just making sure the products is not going to be st- stuck in Shanghai or anything like that right so so give me a, just a rough idea of you know if if it was for a, a if it was for a, a high ticket commodity or category within a mid market business where where the spend is high and it's let's say it's a direct material that goes into production process or it's a critical it's a critical service like perhaps IT or, or marketing in a in, in the financial services industry, for example. How long would it take to, to to put a category strategy through the system, bearing in mind that you know with with any mid-sized business, they're going to be under the challenge that data is typically quite poor. Can you can you give us a, a, a rough idea? Yeah. You could do this uh, in less than an hour for one category if you want to. Wow! Yeah, if you if you'd really go quite simple, right? And you just on the assets, you just have uh, if you have a spend figure, you might have that. If you have number of suppliers, just some some simple uh, spend information uh, that you might have. Uh, you answer you know answer questions about trends in the market and market share and, and whatever you might be able to, the system will prompt you with those kind of questions, depending on what which questions you want to have. And then, then doing that classic, you know, um, Kraljic, you know, what's 
what's the market complexity or the supply power, what's the impact or demand power. Just either in our tool, one of our key features is, is this simple category classification where you can either go simple and you say on a range from one to eight, what is supply power or uh, one to eight on what is demand power. Or you can go extensive on those and you eight, answer eight questions on each of those parameters. And then based on that, you know, if it's um, very complex uh, and there, there's high impact, then you end up in the top right corner of a two by two. And the system will then tell you, okay, based on your answers, here are some primary strategies uh, and actions and levers you might consider. And here are some secondary strategies and actions and levers that you might consider. And then you set some goals to indicate some barriers. And then uh, also kind of the stakeholder part, you know, who are the key stakeholders? Are you going to engage with them? Uh, and then approvals, you know, who, who is going to, um, that you have it signed off, basically. So it can be very simple, but we can also go, go very complicated. That's really interesting. So you can actually then zoom in or zoom out depending on what level of detail you want to go into, which which I think is one of the one of the reasons why I often often got frustrated by doing category strategies back back in the day in corporate was it was often a one size fits all document and depending on the category certain things would be would be completely irrelevant you know low low cost sourcing for example in 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 something like I don't I don't know photocopier maintenance you know well <laughs> you're not going to go out and find a, a copier maintenance guy in China if you're based in the UK or in Germany it's <laughs> You know, so I, I do think there is an element of common sense, and I, I like that that you've that you've built in that feature that you can add or, or remove detail from from various aspects of the of the survey or from the from the question filling um, part of it to be able to to keep it relevant or or even just to to be mindful of the fact the fact that obviously some companies are going to have better data than others. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, so just a quick interlude to let you know about procurementsoftware.site. This is a new website that I recently launched to give you, the listener, a free-to-access intuitive guide to digital procurement technology. You can filter on a multitude of different criteria and pick out a short list of procurement software solutions that are relevant to your business and your needs in less time than it takes to boil an egg. No corporate subscriptions, no complex jargon, and definitely no pay-to-play model. We are a completely transparent, open book, and we really want to get your feedback on what we can really do to make this user experience better and constantly improve so as we're providing value to you. Check out procurementsoftware.site. And now let's get right back to this week's podcast. Where have you found in terms of industry sector? Obviously, I know you're you're a new business and this has been recent, recently launched, but where are you seeing the most interest out there from a uh, from an industry perspective, yeah, yeah. So as you said, we're we're quite new, so we don't have a lot of customers. The first customer that we got on uh, was uh, wholesale. I also have a wholesale background myself, so you know, lots of items, lots of SKUs, that kind of buying into uh, warehouses and distributing from there. 
Um, so that was the first. And we have two other customers that are close now to, to signing a deal, or at least I think that we are. <laughs> and one of them is a, a global organization within more fast-moving consumer goods. Uh, and the other one is a production company that produces um, kind of yeah machinery. So it's it's actually you know input material to to the products that they that they produce. So it is quite you know versatile. I have not. We don't have uh, the yeah medicinal industry. I haven't spoken to that many, but but it is quite. Again, I think it's the maturity that is more relevant. If you're going to go super complicated, right? If you're going to go super complex and you're super mature, then you know I wouldn't make, I wouldn't start with 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 our tool. We, I mean, we can do that. And we can build something, but it becomes much more bespoke. And then I would maybe consider uh, there's at least two other tools out there, but they might also be too too standardized actually. So so again, it could be that you should go for this tool anyway. So again, I think it's the maturity. It's the maturity that determines, and then. Yeah, if you have a very particular category, right? Something very, very particular that doesn't fit the, the most common strategy frameworks, yeah, then there will be a mismatch, of course. Yeah. And and what do you generally see as the as the ROI? Is it is it just better access to data or awareness at board level and with the CEO of where of where their risks and opportunities lie, or or, or is it more around is is it more around driving hard savings and delivering procurement targets? Yeah. So I think uh, there's there's research right on category optimization projects, what they typically give in uh, in ROI, and I think on average that's like eight eight point seven percent that a category optimization project would, across all industries would give on an ROI. Um, but many companies don't do category optimization projects, and to do that to identify the right ones. So this this will help you identify which projects, where do you get the bang for the buck, which category optimization projects should you engage in, uh, and kind of give you an idea on how you should scope them, what levers you should go for, right? And then research indicates that once you do that, then at least 8.7% per project would be kind of a, an indication of what you would get. That's That's the best answer I can give on that, yeah. That's pretty. If that if that does turn out to be reality for customers, though, that is a pretty meaty chunk. I mean, especially given that procurement in an inflationary environment, even more so as a, as a hedge against some of the price increases that that category managers may be facing, especially more on the on the direct material side. So, last question. This is obviously brand new out there in the market. If you could summarize it in one sentence, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, and I, and uh, and and I didn't I didn't brief you this beforehand. Okay. If you could summarize it in one sentence, what would you say? I would say um, category strategy uh, optimization, um, and you know, get those eight point seven percent. Go get it. There's no why. Why would you not do this? That's in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> Simple but yeah. good. Where can people find you, Patrick, if they would like to learn more about this? So uh, I can be found on LinkedIn, Patrick uh, Johnson, or uh, through our website, digiprocure.ai. And of course, I'm, I'm really keen to, uh, to uh, have conversations with, with lots of people out there.
Awesome. Patrick, thank you for coming on and great to learn more about what you're doing. I think it's, it's, it, it does offer value, value add at, at a really attractive price point for anyone that's not able to afford one of these more enterprise oriented category management solutions, which are very good. I hasten to add, but <laughs> naturally they're not within everyone's budget that's out there. And you hit the nail on the head, especially in organizations that are perhaps not at a high level of maturity, but somewhat past the greenfield stage. I really think this could find its sweet spot. And yeah, wish you all the best. Keep in touch. Thank you so much, James. Thank you. So that was Patrick from DigiProcure with their guided category strategy creation tool. Hope this has piqued, uh, piqued the attention of a few of you out there that are maybe battling with a less mature procurement team, but nonetheless, the desire to be able to put some category strategy data and unified format uh, in front of your board. Join us again same time next week where we'll be back with another episode of the show. Don't forget, check out procurementsoftware.site if you want a quick, easy-to-use directory of procurement tech solutions. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>